It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios. In Lake George, New York, I'm Bill Caliger, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to Today's show is also being brought to us in part by um, our new 24-hour, seven-day-a-week television channel. That's right. You can catch uh, this show, uh, or I should say replays of this show, um, and other stuff that we've done uh, over the last uh, 15 years. Uh, just go, it's GinnicoUSA.com. Uh, it's on Roku and all the other uh, major uh, streaming uh, services. So uh, check it out. Sign up today. Uh, you got to use a reseller code, Billy C. It'll ask you for a reseller code now, Billy C. It's growing. So uh, make sure you fill that out right. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Pettis Mariner Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this very show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so animate about getting this guy's uh, story told, and it's a true story. And uh, by the way, if you want a signed copy, just drop me an email, billy at talking. Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. Um, all right, so here's the thing. Uh, we'll be talking uh, a lot today about uh, the fight, even though there's not much to talk about I, I, in terms of the fight itself. But of course, I'm talking about Deontay Wilder's uh, destruction, uh, really, destruction over uh, Dominic Brazil. Um, last night took place in Brooklyn. A couple of observations uh, that we'll get into. Uh, first and foremost, uh, you can't deny uh, Deontay Wilder's power. You can't deny it. I mean, he crushed Brazil. Um, you know, and I will say that uh, that one time, remember when in the first part of the round, uh, Wilder uh, caught uh, Brazil. It looked like it hurt him. And, he, and Brazil went back against the ropes towards the corner. And then he landed a shot back. It looked like, you know, a desperation punch. I'm talking about Brazil. Uh, looked like a desperation punch. Uh, and, and it landed flush on Wilder. And Wilder went stumbling back. And that's when Brazil had a chance to, to move forward and, and tie up uh, Deontay Wilder to get his wits about him. Uh, they were uh, clinching to each other, and and I got a couple of emails suggesting that was the other way around, but it looked like they were both trying to hold on pretty tight. Harvey Dock had to really, really, really separate them, uh, but uh, nonetheless, 
after that break, uh, Deontay Wilder landed just a, a, a devastating uh, right hand uh, that dropped uh, Brazil, uh, and he was out. I mean, there was really no reason to count. Uh, he claims that Doc, Doc uh, stopped that fight a little too soon. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so at all, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, he, uh, he was knocked out. I mean, Deontay Wilder knocked him out. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I have a couple of observations. Dominic Brazil, uh, why do you go get Virgil Hunter? I, I mean, you know, Virgil Hunter, he's, if you want a trainer from the get-go, I would say Virgil Hunter would be a consideration. But as a hired gun for one fight, the style of Virgil Hunter, no way could have uh, helped Dominic Brazil. Now, I'm in no way, shape, or form suggesting that uh, the result of this fight was in any way uh, connected to uh, uh, Virgil. But I, I just think it it's a waste. You know, we talk about this all the time about fighters getting used to that voice in their corner and blah, blah, blah. And, and to, to, to mix it up in such a, a, an important fight like this. Uh, Brazil, known for starting slow. Uh, you can't do that against uh, Wilder. Deontay Wilder, he, listen, he's got devastating punch and power. That's what he wants to go to. One thing I do like about Wilder, and it's really not aside from his power, but uh, not much else for me to, to like about him. But um, what I do like about him is that he doesn't mess around. He goes in there, and his job is to knock his opponent out, and that's what he does. He wants to knock his opponent out. He doesn't want it to go. He doesn't want to get rounds in. He doesn't want to look cute. He doesn't want to look pretty. He just wants to go in there and knock out his opponent, and I like that. That's what I think boxing should be. So in that respect, I like Deontay Wilder and uh, how he uh, approaches his fights. Now, as far as Dominic Brazil goes, Knowingness, and I would hope that you would know this. Knowingness, I would think that you would want to go in there and start a little quicker. I mean, traditionally he starts slow, uh, but uh, I would have started, would have liked to have seen him start just a wee bit quicker. Uh, he seemed to uh, be dry. Uh, he seemed to to want to, uh, you know, uh, oblige the the uh, feel out round, you know, and uh, Wilder wasn't having it. And at the end of the night, uh, it didn't go three minutes. Two minutes and 17 seconds was the exact um, uh, time of the knockout. Uh, Wilder improves to 41-0 and with a draw, and 40 of his wins coming by knockout. Brazil uh, loses for only the second time in his career, and the other one was against Anthony Joshua. Now everybody's going to start talking about how it took uh, AJ seven rounds to beat Brazil, and uh, it only took... Uh, Wilder, uh, less than three minutes. It has no bearing. has no bearing on anything. So please don't use that as an argument to suggest that uh, that Deontay Wilder's better than Anthony Joshua. I will say this. Deontay Wilder's power is an equalizer. He could go in there with Anthony Joshua and knock out Anthony Joshua just as quickly and uh, just as devastatingly as he did to Dominic Brazil last night. There's no question about that. I'm not suggesting that I don't think he can do that. Um, he can. Do I think it, it, it will happen? No. I still believe Anthony Joshua will beat him uh, when and if the, the two ever get back in the ring together. And I also believe 
that uh, Tyson Fury beats him again. Uh, and, and a couple of observations. Um, you know, since when is a draw, cons- excuse me, considered a successful title defense? I guess by definition, because you maintain your title, it could be screwed as that. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know. The announcers uh, were very biased. Uh, you can see that uh, in the uh, uh, in the Juan uh, Heraldez uh, versus Arginus Mendez fight, uh, which uh, was on the undercard. You know, they kept talking how great Heraldez was. The way the judges scored it, uh, 95-95 twice, and um, Julie Letterman had it 97-93 for Mendez. I thought Mendez won the fight. I thought Mendez won the fight. I I, I scored the fight. Uh, 96-94 for Mendez. Um, I thought he landed, uh, his punches landed crisp. Um, You know, Geraldez, uh, you know, he he landed punches and he threw more punches. Uh, But uh, I I just thought that, I I just thought that Mendez was rolling with a lot of them. And, And they weren't landing flush. And, and then the, the point that I'm making now, is the fact that the commentating team, and I love Al Bernstein, and I like Paulie. I just hate that other guy. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is they were so biased for Geraldes. And then they go, oh, well, we have the uh, social media. Let's see. Oh, social media, overwhelming pick to Geraldes. That's because they're being swayed by the commentator. You know, if you really want to score a fight, or if you really want to pay attention to a fight, and, uh, you know, uh, see... Uh, uh, how how you feel it it, it came out? Um, do it without the sound, uh, because you know to to tell you the truth, uh, that's the way to do it, um, in my opinion. Anyway, you know, so I I don't know. And then uh, the Gary Russell Jr. fight, um, you know I, that particular fight, I I thought Gary Russell did well. Of course, um, his hand speed is great. Uh, that cut was 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 vicious. Kiko Martinez, I don't think ever had a chance in that fight. Uh, Gary Russell improves to thirty wins, one loss, eighteen coming by knockout. Um, and uh, um, you know, uh, Kiko Martinez drops to thirty nine and nine uh, with uh, twenty eight uh, of his wins uh, coming by uh, uh, by knockout. So. Um, uh, you know, I, that's what was on the Showtime fight uh, card last night. And, I, you know, I just, you know, I, I just think that, um, you know, I, I just think that the uh, that the commentating w- was pretty, uh, I, I just thought it was pretty biased. That's all. That's all. You know, so um, uh, that's just my thoughts. And uh, uh, I will... Uh, uh, live by it or die by it, I guess. But uh, Deontay Wilder uh, knocking out uh, Dominic Brazil in one round. Uh, joining us right now to get his thoughts uh, is my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Are you there, Sal? I am here, Billy C. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, my man. Uh, and I wanted to get you uh, get your thoughts on the fight. Last night, your boy uh, Dom, uh, Deontay Wilder destroys destroys Dominic Brazil in one round. Was it enough for you to get uh, any thoughts on you know pros cons whatever? What's your thoughts on the fight? Well, you know, I, 
you know, when he uncorks that right hand, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine. Now, I, I've said in the past, um, you know, some of the fighters, some of the boxers that Triple G has faced, I don't think will ever be the same again. And I'm about to say a profound statement. The human head was not meant to be a punching bag. And let me tell you something. Dominic Brazil, from the punishment and the right hand he took in that short burst of time, I don't think he'll ever be the same fighter again. Um, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But let me tell you, when he uncorks that right hand, Billy C., okay, well, you know Deontay Wilder is not an eloquent guy. He's not a guy that carries himself with class sophistication and all that but when he uncorks that right hand man there's very very few people that would stand that kind of punishment and uh when he what he did last night i i know you're asking the questions but i gotta ask myself self what do you think anthony joshua was gonna say or think to himself when he took seven rounds to finish brazil and uh i'll tell you what uh deontay wilder's got one of the most powerful right hands I've seen in boxing. So, first of all, I agree with you 100%. Um, Deontay Wilder, it's just, it's a bomb. It really is. It's its a bomb. You know, when it connects, it's its great. And there's really, I mean, you can't really dissect anything in the fight because it, uh, uh, it didn't go long enough. And I could, you know, say, and I have said earlier uh, what I thought, you know, Brazil did wrong, especially when, when you know your opponent but, but uh, you know, you just said something that just uh, makes the hair on the back of my, well, I don't have any on my head, but on the back of my neck stand up. You know, and I know that that's the big discussion now. Um, oh, well, it took Anthony Joshua seven rounds. Tell me what difference that really makes. I mean, you know, I, it, it, Dominic Brazil looked like he wanted to have a feel-out round, and that was his mistake. You know, he's he, he brings in Virgil uh, Virgil Hunter, who who's a, a Zen type of a guy, wants to be all, uh, you know, mental, mental, mental. And he probably said, you know, stay relaxed, blah, 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 blah. But what difference does it make? I don't understand. No, you know, and that's a good point, Bill. It really doesn't. Because, you know, it just takes the right opponent, the right time, the right punch. And, you know, styles make fights. And, you know, it can take that one punch to turn a fight around instantly. And, and unfortunately for Brazil, he may have wanted to wait and, and try to see what feel out round. But uh, Deontay Wilder, he just jumps on his opponent when he sees an opening. I'll tell you what, though. Deontay Wilder last night, he set that all up with a jab. What I like about Wilder, and I said it earlier, and, and I know you're going to agree. I, I Well, I think you're going to agree. Um Deontay Wilder doesn't mess around. He goes in there, and it's not like he wants to get in. Well, you know how some fighters, I said earlier, you know how some fighters say, oh, we've got to get some rounds in first before you knock them out. You've got to break them down. You've got to wear them out. Deontay Wilder's, um, you know, his game plan is to seek and destroy. Get it over with as quickly as possible, similar to uh, early Mike Tyson. And I like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I, I like that. And I think that that was Brazil's demise. Um, yes. And I think he's going to do the same thing with no matter who he gets in the ring with, uh, Anthony Joshua included. And like I said earlier, Sal, Anthony Joshua could, could could take one of those bombs that Deontay Wilder landed on Brazil and go down just as quick and just as hard as, as Dominic Brazil did. That's the, the, the fear factor when you step in the ring with Wilder, that he's got the punching power. But don't you think you should try to dictate the fight early on, get him moving backwards, because there's where he, his weaknesses get exposed. 
Yes, good point. And I think that's what it's going to take. And uh, we all know that Anthony Joshua is big enough to do that and powerful enough and strong enough. And he could probably dictate that a little more so than Dominic Brazil. So I, I think I think right now, I'm sure, the, the as, as I said, the round-robin effect between uh, um, Anthony Joshua, um, the rematch with Ortiz, and, of course, uh, um, there's another one out there um, that, uh, uh, of course, Fury, Tyson Fury. I mean, there's a lot of things out there that can happen with the The heavyweight division is on fire right now. Let's put it that way. And when the heavyweight division is on fire, boxing is great. I think, uh, Deontay, I think you and I both were wrong about Deontay Wilder uh, as we talked about him uh, as, as long as, as a little over a year ago. Uh, we kept telling each other, agreeing and telling the viewers and listeners that he was, uh, you know, should have taken the fight, should have taken the fight. Well, it seems now, uh, especially after that win over Brazil, and I think that the value <laughs> of Deontay Wilder has skyrocketed. Um, you know, do I still think he should have taken that money then? Yeah, you know, I still do. And the reason is because I don't think his value would have diminished. I think it would still be where it is today. But he definitely yeah. is in a better position uh, per split-wise. And the reason I think, Sal, is because of the excitement factor. You know, with this guy, whether he wins or loses, and he hasn't lost yet, uh, whether he goes the distance or not, and he's only went the distance once, um, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that he's he, he's got people wondering when the end is going to come. And uh, I think that deserves uh, a bigger split. I, I think in hindsight now, maybe, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's heading along the right path. The only problem I still have is that his options are very minimal. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you 100%. I think that... Uh, you know, what he brings to the table is just that, the wow factor. And we can look at a traje trajectory of what he would have done if he had taken that fight a couple of years ago or whenever uh, that was offered to him with the $15 million. And what is he going to wind up now? Because right now, I mean, he's looking at the, he's looking at mega, mega money coming up. And uh, if he gets in the ring with, uh, with uh, Joshua, I just hope we... We see that fight because you know how boxing works, Bill. This could be one of the fights that never happen if if, if things don't work out right. Um, but I think it's inevitable. I think it should happen. Uh, it's the fight that everybody wants to see. But uh, there are some round robin fights that can take place in between, and and uh, hopefully all fighters will pretty much do what they're supposed to do and go on skate so that the mega fight between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder will take place. Um, I, I see definitely, uh, you know, there's a couple of good opponents out there for each fighter. So, uh, we'll see. We will see. Uh, we got a super chat from my man Johnston and it says, great to hear Sal on the radio. So, uh, that's great. <laughs> great. Um, thank you, Johnston. It's great to be here, buddy. Thank you so much for all your thoughts and prayers, Sal. You know, uh, uh the thing is, is with, uh, getting, talking back with, uh, Wilder, um, he, um, you know, I still think, I don't know what he made for the fight last night, but it was on regular showtime, and, you know, the rest of the card was not really that competitive. Well, I guess I guess, no. I guess, guess the uh, 
Peraldez Mendez fight was. I, I thought it was. I thought it went to the wrong. I, I thought it shouldn't have been a draw. I thought that uh, Mendez actually squeaked it out. But um, yeah, I think I, I did too, Bill. Um, but what I was saying is, how much could he have made for the fight last night? I don't think he made ten million. You know, so so if he makes five or even eight, maybe let's say he makes ten. You know, you add it up, he still hasn't come close to making what he would have made again. I mean, if it's about the money, you know, if it's about the money, right. which Sal, I don't care what anybody says, it's about the money. You know, I mean, you don't get into this business uh, to 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 not make the money. If you get an opportunity to make the money, you make right. the money. You know, so that's right. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he if he made the right decision, but I do know this. He's got a devastating right hand, and Anthony Joshua is just as vulnerable to getting caught with that right hand as any other 40 of the knockout victims that uh, that uh, Deontay Wilder has faced. My only thing that I still cling to is that Wilder has become, and he always has been, in my opinion, but he's been blatantly has become a one-trick pony. That's what he comes out for, to kill you with his right hand. I mean, that's what he wants to do. And it works. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong, Sal. It works. No, it, works. it works. You know, I mean, I can't blame the guy. You know, he's 41-0 and 0 with 40 knockouts. And, and, and 40 times uh, they've succumbed to that right hand. And the only guy that hasn't, we don't understand how he didn't with Tyson Fury, how he even dragged his ass up <laughs> off the canvas in that 12th round. But the truth of the matter is, is Wilder has won all of his fights by way of knockout. The question is, and everybody can, continues to talk about the the possibility of a showdown between uh, Wilder and uh, and Anthony Joshua, and I, I think the same result could happen. It's going to be a lot of pressure is going to be on Anthony Joshua to prevent Deontay Wilder from doing what he did to Brazil. I thought Brazil should have been crowding him. I thought Brazil should have uh, tried to tie him up and not let him. Uh, get a full shot, a full power shot. I thought Brazil's chance of winning that fight was to make it ugly, to get inside. As a matter of fact, uh, I think Al Bernstein said the same thing. But I had said that on last week's show, you know, that uh, that he needs to make it ugly. He needs to get in there and, and, and you know, get in close and, and a couple of elbows, maybe a couple of low blows. You know, some I hate to say it, but that's the way he would have had a chance. He didn't even get out of the first round, so. No, 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 he did not. And uh, I'll tell you, it's just uh, you made a good statement the other day. I mean, the other uh, earlier, you know, he seeks and destroys like Mike Tyson did early on. And Mike Tyson in his style, just through intimidation, his opponents were knocked out before the punch ever hit him. And uh, and uh, I think that's a little similarity between what happened last night and Dominic Brazil. I think, uh, you know, Dominic, not that he was, uh, afraid to take that right hand but man you know when, when when you're fighting defensively and you get your game plan thrown off you know a little bit what you're doing I think uh, he was in a defensive posture and that's why he couldn't bury his head on his chest and just pound away and, and crowd him and be dirty a little bit where he needed to be but uh, like you said he, he does in Mike Tyson's fashion seeks and destroys no ifs ands or buts well it, it could be a butt once in a while, but yeah. <laughs> you know, Wilder Wilder prevented uh, Brazil from doing anything, and uh, I, I think it's you know when you're going in there uh, against a champion, you, it's your job to 
to fight your fight. The champion's going to try to fight his fight. And obviously Wilder uh, imposed his style uh, on Brazil. And Brazil started too slow. You know, he had a, uh, too much of a laid-back style. Uh, and, I, you know, it, it it hurt him big time. But uh, Yeah, I know. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, he won. Uh, he's now the, the WBO super middleweight champion uh, as he won a decision over uh, Shafat Asurfi uh, to improve to uh, 28-0, 13 knockouts, uh, 120 yeah. to 108, 117, 111, 118, 110, all in favor of Saunders. Um, you know, they were, they were mistakenly saying that Saunders was part of the mix when they were uh, talking with one of the Charlo brothers uh, last night. But I suppose he is uh, still in the mix between middle and super middle. Do you see him fighting Canelo? You know, I could see him fighting Canelo because I think it would be a, a natural uh, uh, match made. And uh, do I see him doing much against Canelo? I think Saunders is, is a big middleweight. I think he's a good-sized guy. But I, I really think that Canelo... We we saw the Canelo a couple of weeks ago. The beast was unleashed, and uh, he's going to be a very very hard guy to beat uh, once that that uh, that momentum is, is is on his side. The guy just knows how to win rounds. He knows how to force the rounds. He, I like I said, Canelo, he he became a complete fighter right before our eyes. Great point. Sal, we appreciate you joining us this morning, and uh, we want you to continue your fight. And uh, you sound great, and uh, we look forward to next time, brother. Absolutely. We'll talk during the week, Bill. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I want to wish everybody a great day, and thank you so much. Take care. Uh, all right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. That's right, uh, my main man, Sal Rocky Senecola, giving us his thoughts uh, on the fights last night. Um, we are scheduled to have uh, Dax Khan uh, join us as well as uh, Alice Papali and the return of Emily Harney. And Emily Harney was ringside uh, taking some shots of uh, uh, the uh, Wilder Brazil fight, so we'll get that. But she was also on hand uh, at Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut uh, for, a, uh, for an event. And um, she could tell us about that. But Marco Captain Huck was on that card very quietly. And, and I was talking to Emily during the week, and she was telling me, oh, yeah, you know, it, it, it looks like Captain Huck's on that card. And I'm like, really? I hadn't heard anything about that. And what a weird chain of events that took place there. Uh, Marco Huck's trying to get back into the mix in the heavyweight division, and he was uh, matched up with Nick uh, Guravis, who uh, went into the fight with a 14-9 and record. And Huck... Uh, uh, who was uh, 41 and 5, with, uh, I'm sorry, 14 and 10, 41, 5 and 1. And uh, apparently, uh, in the very first round, um, uh, Huck uh, dropped uh, uh, Gravis. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that name wrong. Uh, and then uh, uh, got up, and, and uh, the two fighters were uh, clinched together, and the referee yelled break, and uh, Huck landed a shot. And uh, his opponent couldn't get up, and they ruled it a TKO. And then they changed it to a new, no contest. So I got to find out from uh, Emily what the heck happened there. Uh, what a uh, uh, what a wasted uh, trip for Captain Huck. Uh, some other fights that I just want to mention real quick before we take a break. 
um, in the uh, World Boxing Super Series in the uh, uh, junior middleweight, uh, I'm sorry, junior uh, welterweight division, uh, Josh Taylor. Uh, the Tornado, when they call him the Tartan Tornado, improved to 15-0 and with 12 knockouts when he won a 12-round decision uh, over uh, uh, the former, now former, IBF world uh, champion uh, Ivan uh, Baranchak, who loses the first time in his career. He drops a 19-1. and uh, The way the judges scored at 117, 109, 115, 111 twice. Uh, now... Uh, uh, Josh Taylor, who's now the new the new uh, IBF champion, he will be taking on Regis Progress uh, in the uh, final for that uh, weight class. And uh, in the bantamweight, uh, talk about a, a monster. Yeah, well, that's his nickname. But uh, uh, Nayua Inoue uh, improved to 18-0 with 16 knockouts when he took care of uh, uh, IBF champ Emmanuel Rodriguez. Uh, in the second round, Rodriguez loses for the first time in his career. He's now 19-1. and So talk about uh, uh, two uh, major destructions last night. Uh, Deontay Wilder over uh, Dominic Brazil. And uh, uh, now you are Inoue uh, crushing uh, Manny Rodriguez. Uh, both, uh, um, you know, uh, well, Wilder retained his title. Uh, Inoue retained his but picked up the IBF belt. So one other fight I wanted to talk about. Uh, Joe Joyce, a young heavyweight out of England, um, he fought uh, an experienced Alexander Ustinov uh, and scored a uh, third-round knockout over Ustinov to improve to 9-0 and with nine knockouts. Uh, Ustinov is 34-4 uh, and four with 25 of his wins coming by knockout. Uh, the official time was 1 minute and 55, 55 seconds. Hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll get Doc's con on. And we'll get uh, his thoughts on uh, uh, the less than three-minute fight between uh, Deontay Wilder and uh, Dominic Brazil. So uh, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where? Back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad that you could be with us. Hey, don't forget about our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week uh, television channel. That's right. You can catch it uh, on Roku and all the other uh, major streaming services through Ginico USA. Uh, they have a bunch of uh, other channels, of course, uh, part of their network. Uh, but check it out. Sign up today. Ginico USA. G-I-N-I-K-O-U-S-A.com. Uh, sign up, enter the uh, code, reseller code Billy C, and you'll be all set. Joining us right now uh, is my man uh, uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning, Mr. Billy C. How you doing today, my man? I'm doing. How are you? Oh, <laughs> uh, better, better than Brazil. So uh, let's get right into that real quick. Um, you know, it's hard to really 
analyze anything, but I think one thing has, has become uh, clear that Deontay Wilder obviously uh, has got uh, some devastating punching power, uh, knocked out uh, Brazil. Uh, before we get into a couple of questions I have, any thoughts on the fight? I mean, what was your thoughts on the fight? What did, it, what did you think after uh, two minutes and 17 seconds? No, I, I expected that. It was just a matter of how long was it going to take. Dominic Brazil is a slow starter. He really doesn't have, despite the amount of KOs compared to his wins, I think all but one of his wins came by knockout. You know, he, he's not really an overly strong fighter. He's not really nimble enough to um, have been in there and muscled De Deontay Wilder and use his weight advantage. So, again, it was just a matter of time on how long was he going to be able to do it quicker than Anthony Joshua, which he did. But, again, Anthony Joshua went about the fight in a little bit different manner, which is why um, it took a little bit longer. What I have to do say, do have to say about Deontay Wilder is give him credit for his pre-fight interview. Deontay Wilder has been getting a lot of flack due to his um, – his comments on his self-promotion, you know, things about how he thinks he's going to kill somebody in the ring, um, how he has compared himself to other past greats. And we know that that's because he has a horrible promoter. He, um, he has no pitch man out there for him. So he's doing his own PR. But he did say yesterday that, you know, he doesn't want anybody in front of him that's scared. He wants a guy that's going to give him a good fight. He wants to fight the best. Um, you know, he wants to be able to say afterwards that, look in the mirror and say, you know, I earned my title. You know, I had to work hard for this win. And he wants the fans to appreciate what it goes on in there, win or lose, because the fans are the ones that are paying their hard-earned money. So along with the knockout, I think that right there kind of helped raise Deontay Wilder's uh, status and, as you mentioned before, his bargaining power. There's no question, in my opinion, that his bargaining uh, power, at least for Anthony Joshua has, has or Tyson Fury, has gone up. Um, that factor of, oh, is he going to destroy him? You know, uh, that, that, that's got to be worth something. I, I still don't know if financially he made the right decision, but I guess only time will tell. Uh, but, you know, you, you mentioned something, and Sal said it earlier, and it, it, it bothers me because I, I don't see what the connect. And I know everyone's going to say exactly what you said. Oh, well, he knocked him out in, in one round, and it took Anthony Joshua seven it doesn't to me it doesn't matter and 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 I know you you followed that line with the most important follow up line it cuz Anthony Joshua took you know approached to fight differently than than Deontay Wilder but why are the fans is it because the the commentating team kept mentioning it i mean why would the fans use that uh, to suggest that, oh, because it's almost like a Floyd Mayweather type statement. Oh, well, because I knocked out so-and-so quicker, that means I don't have to fight him. You know what I mean? Well, whenever you have a division with two guys that you don't know exactly which one is the top guy, you know one or the other is, that is the only way that really that you're going to be able to go back and forth and measure. Um, uh, when you compare their other in common opponents, Dominic Brazil would be the best of the opponents that they have in common. So that's why Dominic Brazil is used as that uh, measuring stick. But it wouldn't matter if it was them or any other division, you know, if the same scenario would be used. And of course, again, that also helps sell the fight more to see, you know what, if fighter A did it better than fighter B, 
is fighter A really better or, you know, you, you, do you understand what I'm saying? You know, it's, it's, it's just all about marking and no, it doesn't matter if a guy would, if a fight would have went the distance, that doesn't automatically mean that that fighter is better than the other fighter because the other fighter was able to go out there and dispatch a guy. Anybody can get knocked out with one punch. You, you don't have to be an elite guy. You can be that guy who's one in 15 and go out there and just happen to catch that guy who's undefeated with the right shot and knock him out cold that doesn't exactly make you the best in your division of the sport no and and the other thing too is that you know the old saying styles make fights listen uh, anthony joshua when he fights he, he's thinking in there deontay wilder's not thinking deontay wilder's got one thing on his mind knock out my opponent seek and destroy i'm gonna knock you out and that's it you can see it the way he delivers his punches. This is why we all say, oh, he's open, he's sloppy, he's this, he's that. We, we have all the negatives we come out with, but yet the guy is still unbeaten uh, because he's got the neutralizer and it's called his right hand. You know, um, I think Brazil, we talked about this last week, had one chance of beating Wilder. We all knew that Wilder had the pop to knock this guy out, and we all knew that this guy takes punches. Uh, uh, up until last night, he had displayed a, a, a solid chin, uh, got up off the deck several times to, to win, uh, once not so much. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I thought that he needed to bully uh, Deontay Wilder. I thought he needed to tie him up, get, get in close, you know, uh, maybe uh, some not-so-clean tactics used, you know. He didn't even give himself a chance. It was like he was ready for that, you know, preliminarily feel-out round. And I don't think Virgil uh, Hill did, or Virgil Hunter did anything for him either. He's just not at that level, you know. He's just not at that level. He's not at that level to be able to do that, to go in there and capitalize on that weight advantage. You know, Dominic Brazil is just not at that level. That's not saying he's not a good fighter. It's just he's not an elite fighter, and that's why he wasn't able to get that done. Uh, his hand speed is uh, not so much. Uh, does a, In your opinion, I, I know that we keep analyzing the potential showdown between Wilder and Anthony Joshua, but does Anthony Joshua's hand speed um, make Wilder come in any differently, or do you think Wilder would uh, seek and destroy uh, Anthony Joshua exactly how he seek and destroyed uh, Dominic Brazil? I think Wilder has tremendous hand speed when he throws his punches straight but the problem is we know he doesn't throw his punches straight. And when he does throw his punches straight, we get knockouts like last night. The difference is when he goes in there against an Anthony Joshua and he doesn't throw those punches straight and he leaves himself open for a counter, Anthony Joshua has that same type of dynamite in his hand. And Anthony Joshua, the other factor is he is at that elite level that Dominic Brazil is not. And Anthony Joshua has that physical bulk size to actually push Deontay Wilder around on the inside. Well, I thought that Brazil had the physical size to do it. He just didn't do it. But no, what I was asking you was, does Anthony Joshua's hand speed make Deontay Wilder, you know, maybe think no, twice? I, I, I th I, no, I think Deontay Wilder is actually faster than De uh, Anthony Joshua. You think Deontay Wilder is faster than Anthony Joshua? I do. Go back and look at his knockouts, especially his counters of guys, and, um, and and you'll see, you know, those punches are like lightning fast. Last night, lightning fast. Huh. Well, yeah, but, okay, well, um, I guess. He's, he's like a big Tommy Hearns without the Tommy Hearns boxing ability. Okay, well. Uh, same build, same frame, same everything, just not the Tommy Hearns overall boxing ability. Um, you know, when power isn't able to bail him out. What happened is like what happened with the um, Tyson Fury fight. Um, the co-main event uh, on that card, uh, Gary Russell Jr. 
not to be confused with the other two Gary Russells that were on <laughs> that were on the card. His brother. I mean, that's kind of weird. But anyway, um, you know, he beat Kiko Martinez. Kiko Martinez has a lot of mileage on him. I think that the fight was stopped correctly. That cut was vicious. It uh, it looked like uh, uh, chopped meat that you use for for making a hamburger. But um, what I'd I'd really like to get your thoughts on, you know. They were really beating him up about his fighting infrequently, and, and rightfully so. Uh, but now he's calling out the big names. I mean, he mentioned every name but Lomachenko's. But uh, does he really uh, Does he really have... I mean, when he fights an elite fighter, uh, even... I don't even... I hate to put... Uh, I hate to put Davis as an elite, but even if he stepped in with Davis, I mean, how does he fare? Can he take Davis's power? Other than that, Gary Russell's a complete package. Um, he's just not a big puncher. He's a decent puncher. He's just not a big puncher. And, of course, the inactivity hurts him. But it seems that every time he comes back from, you know, a year layoff or a year-plus layoff, he doesn't seem rusty. But, again, he's not exactly fighting the very upper echelon, so we don't really know. Um, Kiko Martinez, he's a warrior, but his best is past days. His, his best days were at lower divisions. But, you know, since then, you know, Quig, Santa Cruz, Frampton, Warrington, you know, he, he's more or less been that opponent that isn't quite at the opponent status, if that makes sense. You know, he's still a credible name where people aren't going to be like, really, Kiko Martinez? So last night doesn't really, you know, up the ante or make Gary Russell any, unlike Deontay Wilder, doesn't really uh, give him any bargaining power against these top names. But, you know, Gary Russell, despite a great talent, he's hard to get excited for because he always says after every fight, I want to be more active, and he calls out the big names, except he never follows through with it and you know you kind of get let down so you know once Gary Russell goes in there and he does fight one of these guys I think you know he's it's a 50-50 you can't count him out even if um him and Lomachenko should happen to me at like you know uh, a catch weight or something like that but you know until it happens it's it's just talk you know he he is exciting to watch I, I I love his boxing ability and I my one of my theories of why he doesn't fight that much is I believe he's got some serious problems with his hands. I, I, I think his hands are, are very fragile. Uh, he's hurt his hands before, and I think that he tries to preserve them and, uh, you know, seek out fights that make uh, financial sense for him. But I, I think some of, the, some of the talk that he was having last night, Dax, I think is, indicates that he does want the big names because he knows – that he needs to make some serious coin. I don't know what he made last night, but he couldn't have possibly have made uh, that much uh, fighting Kiko Martinez as a co-main event on a regular Showtime. I, I, I don't think he's ever had a um, a really big um, elite payday. Right. So he's due. So that's why he need. You know, that's right. why he, he needs. Com compared to the other names in his in and around his division, you have the other top names. I don't think he's ever had the type of paydays that they have. Right. Right. Um, you know, in a fight that that had me, I, I was it was extremely exciting. I, I they really kicked off the uh, television broadcast uh, with a good fight. One uh, Heraldez against uh, Arginus uh, Mendez. Um, you know, Heraldez. Uh, uh, we heard all about how how much sparring he got at the uh, Mayweather gym. Uh, Floyd was there to support him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I thought Mendez squeaked out the fight, Dax, and the reason why I did was because I thought that Mendez actually landed, when he landed a punch, it was obvious that he landed the punch. I think some of the shots that uh, Heraldez landed 
were grazing punches. I, th- I saw Mendez rolling with a lot of those punches. Um, you know, even though some of the body shots, he would move his body just a bit where it connected, but not to really hurt him. He did get rocked uh, once during the fight. Uh, I particularly, I don't know why I started scoring that fight. Usually I don't, but I did. And I scored it 96-94. I have no problem with 95-95, and I really don't have any problem with 97-93. What I had a problem with was the uh, commentators were so biased for Geraldo's. Then they acted, uh, you know, shocked when all the audience that was watching on TV had uh, Geraldo's winning by a huge margin. What was your thoughts on that fight? I thought that Mendez won the fight by the same scores that you did. But, um, you know, Mendez was brought in there as the fading ex-champion. And let's be honest, you know, Mendez, even when he was a title holder, wasn't exactly grabbing headlines, you know. He wasn't exactly an exciting fighter. But um, he has gotten better. And is it just me? Or did Mendez actually look physically stronger than he has in the past at 140 pounds last night? He did, and 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 I'll tell you another thing. The shots, I know he wasn't known as a power puncher, but the shots that he landed flush were hurting Geraldez. Yeah, you know, and I just think uh, Mendez was supposed to be, again, you know, a name to help this hot prospect jump up to that next level, but it just didn't turn out that way. And, uh, you know, Mendez, I believe, uh, you know, he deserved to win. But, you know, this is boxing. It wasn't a horrible robbery. I won't even say it was a robbery. You know, it was just a matter of opinion, but, you know, I had Mendez winning. It certainly wasn't like um, some of the other scorecards that happened last night, but uh, you, you, you know what I'm dying to talk about. Well, Nayuai Inuai uh, crushes <laughs> Manu, Manny Rodriguez. I know you love this kid, but, I, I mean, he's, he's performing the same way against elite or higher-end fighters that he did when he first came up. And, and oh, by the way, I mean, he doesn't even have 20 fights yet. And, and when, when, when I saw this fight, I, I'm saying to myself, I, I couldn't help but remember what uh, Sugar Ray Leonard said to, to, to us in Las Vegas when I asked him about some young fighters. And he said to me, and I even asked him twice, and he, he basically said, I know what you're asking me, and the answer is the same. He says when you have so much talent and, and natural ability – that it really doesn't hurt if you, uh, you know, have some easy fights that that, that that talent will showcase when it needs to, and it certainly did with uh, Inouye. Look, Rodriguez walked in there, and when you look at the two of them, Rodriguez looked like he was two divisions bigger than Inouye. Anyway, but, um, you know, 19 fights, he's 12-0 and with 11 knockouts and world title fights. Ryochi, uh, Taguchi, Adrian Hernandez, Omar Narayez, Koei Kono, Jamie McDonald, Juan Carlos Payano, and now Emmanuel Rodriguez. Not just belt holders who just won won the title. I mean, you know, legitimate champions who had defenses underneath them and, and, you know, quality guys. This is three divisions now. This kid can knock you out fighting off the back foot. He can knock you out off the ropes. He can knock you out as the aggressor, as the uh, defensive fighter. The kid can do it all. He has a hard uh, chin. And when he hits guys, he doesn't even need to really sit down and dig into his punches. You know, whatever he touches, he hurts. He can take a punch. He has 
good uh, defense. This kid is legitimate. He's real. He truly deserves the name, you know, the monster. It's not. It's not hype. He's, he actually lives up to, and he fulfills that title. You know, this. He, how can you not like watching this kid? It's going to take a weight bully. It's going to take somebody a couple divisions above to actually beat this kid. I would love to see him against Lewis Neary. Um, Nonino Donaire, I've always been a big fan of his. Um, I started interviewing him in his third or fourth pro fight. He doesn't have a chance against Inouye. So, you know, but this kid is definitely, he's for real, and he's a genuine top five pound-for-pound fighter. Yes, we know that's a mythical list, but he's a genuine top five pound-for-pound fighter. You know, the thing I really like about him, too, is that he, he fights. He He's not, you know... He, Cherry pick is nothing. You you can't mention that when you talk you, about you, you, you can't you can't really cherry pick in those divisions. Uh, no, that's know, true. To be honest, that's true. but look, a hundred and seventy two and fourteen is the record of all the champions he has beaten in three divisions to win his world titles. A hundred and seventy two and fourteen. Amazing, amazing. Um, Josh Taylor, uh, he improved to uh, sixteen and zero with twelve knockouts when he won. Uh, over uh, Ivan uh, Baranchek in the uh, uh, junior junior welterweight uh, World Boxing Super Series. What was your thoughts on that? Talk about scores. They were all over the place, all in favor of uh, Taylor, but 117-109, 115-111 twice. Uh, what's your thoughts? It was a good fight. The movement of Taylor was the difference. You know, Baranchek has never been um, dealt well with movers. The thing about Taylor... Is it just me, or did he move around too much? It looks like he was wasting a lot of energy bouncing up and down, back and forth. I mean, it's worked for him so far because he's undefeated, but I don't I don't know. There's just something about that bouncing up and down I don't like, and I know all but um, now three of his fights have ended by knockout. I just think that when he gets in there against a Regis Prograde, this is going to be the downfall for him. Ivan Baranchek, no quit in him. Um... After that sixth round, a lot of us thought, you know what, this fight is going to be over. But no, he actually finished that fight stronger than Taylor, and they both uh, finished that fight going toe-to-toe. So it, it was a good fight, and it definitely lived up, you know, to what we expect out of the World Boxing Super Series matchups. You know, I think uh, Josh Taylor, uh, the, the bouncing you indicate, I think it's more of a timing issue, but I, I agree with you that, you know, that kind of stuff at the elite levels uh, uh, doesn't work. The, the the card that I really meant, I erred there. Th- those scorecards weren't all over the place. The one that they were all over the place is the Billy Joe Saunders fight. Uh, he captured the uh, WBO's version of the super middleweight uh, belt uh, b- by beating uh, Shafat Asufi, who uh, I don't know how he got a world title shot, but nonetheless, Billy Joe Saunders got a belt again. 120-108, to 108, 117-111, 118-110. Uh, what was your thoughts on that fight? You know, first thing I thought, just like you, is how do does a guy lose his title, does he test dirty, and then get a world title shot in the division above after one fight in between? I, I have no idea. And um, as for his opponent, he wasn't, you know, really um, ready or he shouldn't have been in a world title fight. You know, so... It, you know, it was expected. I expected Billy Joe Saunders to win. What happens now? I don't know. I, um, you know, I had it 117-111. Rarely do I ever score a fight that uh, that wide. Look for uh, Billy Joe Saunders to face Chris Eubank in a uh, rematch. Maybe uh, Callum Smith, who was the king of the division. Or John Ryder, the regular WBA champion, who we've seen on the undercard of uh, Daniel Jacobs and Canelo. 
all of those are really big fights overseas and big money fights and would decide, you know, the king of, uh, you know, 168 pounds. And that's something that, you know, over here, for some reason, we need to follow those. Um, the, the promoters here need to follow that example, you know, how quickly that, you know, they get these guys into these mega fights. And that's why I believe that um, a lot of these super middleweight division, it got really red hot here. Now, all of a sudden, after the uh, World Boxing Super Series, the first one went into play. There was no American fighters there. Now that that's over, the division is dead here again. You know what I mean? It's, it's all overseas. The division is dead here again. You know, I, I can't help but think that the Billy Joe Saunders, um, uh, you know, possible fights of possible opponents, and, and I don't have them necessarily staying in the super middleweight division. Uh, you know, I could still see a fight at middleweight against Triple G. I could also see Daniel Jacobs m moving up to fight Billy Joe Saunders. If I'm Daniel Jacobs and he did talk about moving up to super middleweight, you know, there's a good fight for him against Billy Joe Saun Saunders uh, or even Canelo. Canelo, uh, we wanted to see Canelo fight. So, I mean, Saunders has some opportunities. The question that is kind of strange or it's not a strange question. It's 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 you know uh, getting the answer is strange. He was on ESPN Plus, therefore ties with uh, Top Rank and ESPN. Does that prevent him from the fights I just mentioned? Because all of the rest of those guys are, are with uh, the Zone. Hopefully not. You know that. You know that is um, something. It, it, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that what you know supposedly? Shut down the Wilder and um, Tyson Fury rematches when Tyson Fury signed with uh, Top Rank and went on to that streaming platform. And we were hoping that that streaming platform, when that came into play, we were going to kind of um, you know avoid all these fights that weren't made with HBO fighters and Showtime fighters and so on and so forth. But you know, is that going to happen again? Well, you know what what's happening with with these streaming services is that specific promoters are aligning themselves with it. The only promoter that kind of has been kind of neutral is is Golden Boy. Golden Boy has their own deal with the Zone, um, but they still do stuff on on other networks, and they've seemed to be more uh, workable. Now the problem is, is their top dogs are all with the Zone, so um, I, I don't know. I, does that mean though they can't fight on the any? Uh, my point is, unlike the oh, you mean con you mean contractually. Yeah, like like the contracts with HBO and Showtime, you know, are these contracts with these streaming platforms preventing them from actually appearing on one of the other streaming platforms? You know, and speaking of, what about, you know, you know, the rumors, you know, what, what's been um, circulating around that Waddle and Reed have, you know, mandated that the PBC, you know, is up for auction. Yeah, um, I had uh, I had heard that that was. Uh was for sale and and, and, I, and now the front runner bill streaming platforms the front runner is zufa and the ufc who has started showing boxing matches on ufc fight pass on a regular basis you know the funny thing is is that i you know the the pbc the, their fighters they they have been successful in 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 you know gathering a, a, an audience but their fights and fighters are are not fighting the same competitive fights that we're seeing on on DAZN and even ESPN uh, three or plus or two or regular ESPN. Um, so I don't know. That's a good question. 
the thing that the thing that really bothers me is you know all these fighters that signed with PBC were sold a bill of goods that they were going to be taken care of that the that Al Heyman was you know putting them as their sole in, in his sole interest etc. And it's been nothing less than the complete opposite. And if he does sell this out, meaning that he would sell all the fighters as well, um, to me, uh, that really uh, magnifies uh, that these guys made the wrong decision. No, I believe that he would still be involved as their advisor. But, you know, as far as the PBC itself, I don't believe he would have any authority there anymore. But, I mean, Al Heyman's concept don't get me wrong, was a great concept. The delivery method was wrong. Al Heyman just spent too much money at one time buying up too much airtime, as we know, and nobody, you know, did the research on how we're going to generate money back when it comes to commercials and revenue and so on. And, you know, some of the guys have made, you know, money. So I don't think that Al Heyman ever had any ill intentions, you know, as much as I, you know, I love Don King as great as he was. I'm not going to say Al Heyman went out there with, you know, with this Don King type uh, mentality on, you know, what, I'm going to make as much money off of you, off of you as possible. I just think Al Heyman's business method wasn't thought out properly. I disagree. I don't think he was as blatant, but I think his primary goal was to make to make money and and this i is, think this is the money sport yeah no no i know but 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 the difference the difference is you know don king was like hey i'm making my money and didn't hide it al, al, al you know acts like you know he's not making the money you know what i mean hey listen i've known this and and I, from from dealing in, in business my whole life when somebody's telling you to not make if you go and get your car repaired and, and the mechanic's going Hey, Dax, I'm going to give you a good deal. I'm not making nothing on this. You, you could bet your last dollar that he's buying something off of the money he's making from you. But uh, oh, Of course. Yeah. My, point, my, my, my stressor with that is, you know, with the complaints about the PBC and the competition, if Zufa and, you know, Dana White was put in charge of those PBC fighters, remember, the UFC is, you ask the average person what MMA is, they're going to say the UFC. They're not going to mention MMA, they're going to say UFC. That's what they consider MMA, the average person who doesn't follow the sport. And that's because Dana White and that company insist that the best fight the best. They're known to cut fighters and drop their contracts for two or three losses. So imagine all these PBC fighters, because there's a lot of talent in the PBC. Now, all of a sudden, these guys step in. They have their own streaming platform. They don't have to worry about buying up uh, airtime. They don't have to worry about uh, generating revenue from commercials. But what they now have to do is fight the very best because that's what these guys insist on. That's what Zufa insists on is fighting the very best because that is what they have built their company off of. And that's what's made them so successful. There is no layover fights. There is no layup fights. And I think a lot of them will uh, not do too well. But, Dax, appreciate your uh, time and thoughts and uh, we'll look forward to next weekend brother all right everybody enjoy the day that's Dax Khan you can check him out up on Billy C Boxing Zufa Zufa isn't that the thing you, 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 in a shower you, you put a Zufa on your back I, I don't know man uh, I gotta look that up Billy C will be right back now back to talking Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. Oh, <laughs> 
undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. Oh, yeah, that's my cue. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget about catching us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's right, on the Billy C. A television channel. You can catch us on through Roku and all the other top streaming devices. Just sign up to uh, Ginico USA. Visit the website GinicoUSA.com and uh, make sure you use the... Uh, uh, reseller code Billy C. You'll get all their other channels too. There's some pretty cool channels there. Speaking of pretty cool, joining us right now is my man uh, Alex Papali, and you're loving the fact that I can uh, that you can see me doing all those stupid things that I like to do in between uh, commercial breaks. Yep. Uh, good morning, Billy C. Yeah, it's um, it's nice to be able to. Uh... Uh, stare at each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, if I make, if I roll my eyes, I got to remember. Oh yeah, that's right. He can see he me. He can you know? see me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, Deontay Wilder crushes Dominic Brazil in one round last night, and uh, uh, I mean, you know, we could turn around and, and break down second by second uh, of the fight, but it boils down to one thing for me. Uh, Wilder, I- I've maintained. My opinion that Deontay Wilder is a one-trick pony, and he certainly showed it last night. But my big hang-up isn't that. You know, Wilder's got power. He's You can make the, the case that he's got the, the, the most power in the heavyweight division right now, even over uh, my guy uh, Anthony Joshua. Uh, but um, I also feel that Dominic Brazil did not give himself a chance to win the fight. What, what was your thoughts of what he did? I mean, he was just methodical. And uh, the thing I have to respect with Wilder is he comes in to knock you out from the from the bell from the opening bell. He wants to finish you off, and I like that. Yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, he definitely um, is. You know, mainly he he's mainly power, and that's it. However, um, I I do agree with Dax that his hands are a little quicker than Joshua's, but. Um, he, I mean, his combination, his one-two is probably the best one-two in the sport uh, right now. And it could, and like you said, uh, he might, these might be the hardest punches in the heavyweight division ever. Um, only because of that idea that um, as you proceed through time, athletes uh, don't get worse, they get better. Um, so the idea that, you know, uh, the punches he's throwing in from the modern athlete might be harder than anyone has ever thrown. Um, you know, of course, people are going to argue that because you know Marciano could take a guy could shear off a, a molar with one shot. We haven't heard that kind of thing uh, from Deontay Wilder. Although, uh, who knows how um, Deontay uh, Dominic Brazil's teeth feel this morning? Um, I, I think that because. His his even if you watch that knockout, even the jab had mustard on it. It wasn't like it was um, just a, a blinding jab and then looking, you know, don't notice this and here comes this. You know, it both punches were power punches. So I do think, and I think that's why 
um, Dominic Brazil was not able to turn it into a close uh, mugging fight. He tried, and and the thing that's fun about all three of the uh, top heavyweights today, they're all vulnerable because um, Wilder did get caught, but um, like we've seen him, you know, in the fight since Ortiz, he didn't lose his uh, cool and uh, he stayed tough and then closed the show in dramatic fashion. And I mean, of the two knockouts yesterday, uh, I kind of like the in a way knockout more because it was more the totality of it. Um, but how could you not love the heavyweight KO? I mean, one shot out. It's amazing. There's nothing like it in sports. Nothing like it in sports. And, uh, and I agree with you on that. Uh, Inoue is, is a more talented fighter, and that was on display. But I think Deontay Wilder, you know, his value really skyrocketed last night. And, and, and the reason why it skyrocketed last night wasn't of who he knocked out. It was how and, and how quickly. And, and, you know, whether you and Dax are correct with the, with the overall hand speed, um, you know, I, I can't help but think mathematically – uh, the quickest uh, punch is is the most direct punch, and and that's where uh, Deontay Wilder fails. Uh, he throws from crazy angles, and and somebody could make the argument, well, so does Manny Pacquiao, but it, we're talking different. You know, we're talking different. He's out of position when he when he lets his hands go. Um, you know, uh, the, he did get caught and was rocked last night backwards uh, by Brazil, and I disagree. I don't think Brazil did try. To maul him, um, I, he was sitting there. Wilder came out with a couple of jabs. Uh, Brazil was making him know that you know nothing was hurting him, shaking his head. I mean, he was clearly thinking that he was going to have a feel out round. I, to me, that's what it looked like. And Wilder, to his credit, did not want to play that game. I, I again, I don't understand why uh, a fighter, uh, aside from uh, the circus value. Uh, would bring in a, a a trainer they've never worked with for the biggest fight of his career. And, oh, by the way, uh, Virgil is a guy that's known for being uh, the, zen, the zen master type of a, a trainer uh, who's, uh, you know, talking uh, with his fighters, trying to get them on the same mental plane. Uh, and, and really, you needed somebody uh, that was going to, uh, help execute a game plan that was going to have to have uh, parts A, B, and C against Wilder, and and I just don't think Brazil was was uh, uh, ready to do that. Yeah, I, and, and I think you're right that um, bringing in a, you know a top notch trainer like that for one fight, you know, it, it usually is mostly for show because uh, for, to work with a new trainer, it usually takes several fights for your relationship to gel and for you to really see, start seeing the benefits from it. And I think the thing that's sort of unfair to whoever's in the corner, um, when you have what happened last night in the heavyweight division and you have power like that on display, uh, everything goes out the window because you could have had a really great, uh, real learning training camp for eight, 10 weeks and it's over in less than three minutes. So, you know, you can't help that. But I do think that, um, I think Wilder was wise in jumping on him because he knew that Brazil started slow. And I think that um, 
the uh, the big benefit for last night, especially in today's you know sort of social media age, what have you done for me lately? Is that he did it so much quicker, uh, stopping Brazil than Anthony Joshua did? All right, so, all right, all right. That helps. Him. I I want to know this, okay? And so far, you've said it, Dax said it, Sal said it. You know, and and I just want to know what what difference does that make? I mean, I mean, everybody's going to be talking about that. That is going to be the the topic, the comparison. You know, you look at two fighters that are that are you know destined, or at least we hope that they're destined to face each other inside the ring. And you start looking at like opponents. Then you start uh, looking at the ways they win. Now we look at this particular case where we say, okay, well, you know, it t- it took. It took Anthony Joshua seven rounds to knock him out. Look, Deontay Wilder knocked him out in less than three. Where's the... I I don't understand. You know, I mean, you have one guy that goes in for the kill. You have another guy that wants to break his opponent down. At the end of the day, they both knock the guy out. Why are people going to use that to, to try to convince anyone, let alone myself, that because Deontay Wilder knocked him out quicker... That makes him a better fighter, and I'm not suggesting you're saying that, but but a lot of people are going to say that. I, I want to know why. I, I think it's it's human nature. I think that that tends to happen whenever fighters have common opponents, uh, have opponents in common. They tend to look at well, you know, how did he do against him? How how did uh, the other guy do against him? Uh, and I think you're right. Maybe it's fair. Maybe it isn't. Styles make fights. Every fight. Um, you know, unfolds in a different way, and um, a win is a win. Whether it took you eight year, uh, eight years, eight rounds to systematically break a guy down, or you did it in in you wrecked the whole house in under three minutes, you still got the KO. So you're right. Um, it is something that, but I think that that's, in, especially in terms of the casuals, um, casuals will like that because. Uh, it definitely makes you think. Well, wouldn't doing it quicker be better? You're 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 on the job uh, for a less amount of time, and we know this is a dangerous sport. And every round that you're in there, you're susceptible to getting stopped too. So the idea that you did it so quickly, um, but you're right. No, it it doesn't. I, I don't think you know. There's really too much you can glean for it because they are different fighters. I think Joshua hits very hard too. It's just that he's not a um, he doesn't take you out in the same way. His power is more um, he builds on the power. Yeah, he accumulates. It's yeah. accumulated, and, and I agree with you. I, I listen. Don't get me wrong. I love hit by the, either one of them. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't want to get hit by either one. But but De- Deontay Wilder, I love that approach that he you know, wants to get it over with. I mean, he reminds me of early Mike Tyson, like I said earlier. Um, I, I, I think a lot of fighters should do that. Um, but if, if, if you're fighting Wilder, I think the one thing that you have to be ready for is that, I mean, I, you, you could make the argument, oh, I, I, you know, we can't get sparring to emulate, uh, you know, his crazy uh, punches. We can't emulate this. We can't. But the one thing you can emulate is having somebody come right at you, right at you from the opening bell, and and start uh, trying to finish you off. It just seemed like Brazil was was more shocked at that than anything else, and that's that's shocking in itself because that's what Wilder does. 
Well, yeah, and I, I did just see that um, one of the quotes from the press conference last night was that um, Brazil did say that he thought that uh, the referee stopped it too quickly. Oh, come on. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the rules say he only has to count to 10. Yeah, I know. And and the other thing is Harvey Doc. Listen, I love Harvey Doc. I think he's, he's one of the better referees out there. And, you know, he didn't even have to count the 10. He was, when you're flat on your back like that, and usually New York waves it off, you know. So I, there's no way. Yeah, he was he was stumbling to his feet at the count of ten, and um, I, you know he says he, cut, he he waved it off too soon. Nah, he saved him. Well, listen, I thought he I thought it was one of those those knockouts where we, they were going to immediately wave it off and call in the stretcher because that's the way he hit the ground. Yeah, yeah, he definitely hit the ground hard, and his legs folded up. And I was glad that he got the full count and was given that chance. But you're right. I think the fact that uh, Brazil made those comments speaks to how concussed he really was because he wasn't he wasn't in his body for the 10 count. Uh, I mean, I think it was a good example of what Joyce Carol Oates talks about, where in essentially a fighter when he's knocked out is knocked out of time. And that really is what we saw last night. It was it was that's what's impressive about it. I don't know. The comparisons to Mike Tyson, um, I bristle at a little because for me, Mike Tyson, you know, that that was what got me into the sport. And Mike Tyson never dressed like the Statue of Liberty. No, no, no. Listen, don't get me wrong. I still think Tyson. (laughs) But, yeah, you know, because Brazil, the next thing he said after that was, you know, I had him right where I wanted him. I I, I had him, you know, I was tiring him out. I knew I was going to last. Yeah, you know what, you know. But uh, that's the fun thing. That's the thing that's awesome about this. And what's unfortunate is that it, it looks like now we're going to see uh, Wilder Ortiz 2, which, you know, yeah, it's okay. But come on. That's not what we want to see. We want to see Wilder Joshua. I'd see Fury Wilder 2. Um, I think Fury beats Wilder every day. If they fought seven days in a week, I think he w- wins at least six of them. So to me, I don't really need to see Wilder Joshua, I mean Wilder Fury too, but I'd rather see that than Wilder Ortiz too because of the draw. Um, I'd love to see Fury Joshua. If these guys are going to keep not fighting each other, then um, I don't know. That's unfortunate because I think, like Al Bernstein said last night, it's very easy to remember, or at least for me, uh, to remember Riddick Bowe and Lennox Lewis or, or Mike Tyson, George Foreman. Those were fights that everybody was drooling for and we never got them. And I really hope they don't think because Wilder seemed a little coy last night uh, with uh, Jim Gray, um, the always annoying Jim Gray. Hate him. Uh, but uh, I do think that... Um, because he, he made it seem like it's okay if we wait. And that makes me think that they like that uh, the model that was laid out for Pacquiao Mayweather. And I think that that is just bad business sense. Uh, making this thing marinate is just a bad idea. These guys are young. We could get a series of fights if we see them uh, meet at least once. And the idea that they're all sort of with their own promotional companies and their own networks now, 
we're farther away from seeing them fight each other than we ever have been, and I think that's disappointing. Well, it just it just shows that they could care less about the sport and talk about and talk about promotional company. I, I, I last night I was noticing, and this fight is being brought to you by, and they start rattling off all the promoters involved. I'm like, oh my god, you know, it used to be, you know, Don King Promotions presents, you know, or Golden Boy or Top Rank, you know. Now it's uh, it's everyone, but. Uh, uh, speaking of the commentating, I thought it was terrible last night. Um, I mean, Alan and, and Paulie are always good, uh, but they've become corporate. You know, I, I absolutely despise Ronaldo. Uh, but the fight between Juan Geraldez and Arginus Mendez. Now, I loved that fight, Alex. I, I, for some reason, and I'm generally a lean towards a wilder destroying Brazil in, in one one round is, is I usually like those fights better but for some reason the Geraldez uh, Mendez fight I really liked and I scored the fight for Mendez I thought Mendez won that fight 96-94 uh, I don't have any problem with the draw I don't even have a problem with Julie uh, uh, Letterman's 97-93 uh, score I thought that Mendez was landing significant punches, and when uh, Geraldez was landing shots on him, he, he was rolling with a lot of them. A lot of them weren't hitting clear. But the commentating during that fight was 100% for Geraldez. I mean, I, you know, it was like he was battering Mendez, and even even my man Steve Farhood, his scorecard suggested uh, the same. And then when they went to the to the social media, everybody watching that fight was uh, was leaning towards uh, Geraldez. And I realized right then that, you know, if, if people don't think that the commentator, as you're watching a fight, is swaying what you think you're seeing, you're totally wrong. And I, and I disagree with that. I think that commentators should call the action as they see it and kind of not be partial to one or the other. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's all. It's always best to try to be impartial, and uh, I think HBO tended to do that a lot, where they they brought a narrative into the fight that they wanted to see, and then they'd shape what they were watching to fit the narrative. And I think that's the wrong way to do it. That you should uh, sculpt the narrative to what you're seeing unfold in front of you. And I think that um, that's harder to do because it, you know you can't write everything beforehand. You have to do it live because things are changing in front of you. But you still you still can write a lot of background and be ready for what happens. I thought that um, I thought that Al Bernstein and Steve Farhood did mention uh, in the later rounds that Mendez seemed to close it close up the distance um, between the two of them in the last couple rounds. Um, because it did, it did end up um, because he finished strong, and I think Farhood mentioned that he Mendez won the last round on all three cards, and I think that was the difference. So it it was close, um, but yeah, I think that you know I don't know. Moro uh, is tough for me because I, I I feel a lot of empathy for him. Uh, I don't know if you watched the special. No, about I boohoo. You know, we all got problems. Exactly. We all have problems. And that doesn't mean that, um, you know, I can't criticize how he does his job and how he does his job. I find a little annoying. There's you know, I love uh, allusions to popular culture, but sometimes he says them just to say them. At one point, he shouted out, this is 40. 
And I don't understand what he was referring to other than just making an obscure reference to a movie title. It had nothing to do with anything other than it was like the 40th KO. I, I don't know. Some of his, some of, I guess people like him. Who? But, uh, <laughs> it, it seems like if you, if you were aware of him in professional wrestling, you you have a soft spark. Well, that, that because the Showtime and PBC they they want boxing to be like professional wrestling. And I, and I'll tell you another thing, they obviously were were doing an inside joke because he forgot he couldn't get he pre he he thinks about all his lines he's going to use before the event, and then he tries to fit him in because Paulie Malignaggi used the line I forget what it was during their little. You know, the, the which is the sad. When listen, I, I want to know why is Brian Custer, if that's his name, why why is he there? You know, he he seems like he doesn't know a, a left hook from a fish hook. He says, you know, uh, what, what did he say? Uh, uh, he beat the guts out of him. You know, I mean, it was like, you know, that's it wasn't what you want. It, he used he he mixes up phrases. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I. Uh, yeah, and, and I do think I, I mean I understand that it's a pay channel, so you're sh you're gonna get them uh, trying to uh, sell their other shows. But it is annoying that in between the fights you have to like watch an Access Hollywood interview with some star from a show that no one cares about. I, I don't know. That was a little annoying, but um, I do think that the. Uh, uh, I, just to say something about uh, Noya in a way, um, I don't know. It, there's something if you haven't gotten a chance to watch the KO win of in a way yesterday uh, on DAZN, I would highly recommend it. It's a thing of beauty. Like Dak said, he is a pound for pound star. Um, bantamweights are really beautiful to watch. The amount of skill that you you can see in just how he delivers his punches, the selection of shots, the left hooks that he took out uh, Rodriguez with last night were just amazing. Um, he's he's really I don't know. I look forward to the next fight in the uh, the final in the World Boxing Super Series because I like Nonito Donaire, but I I agree with uh, with Dax that um, in a way will take him out. But uh, that should be a good one because Donaire has been a, a, you know, has been a perennial star in uh, in these lighter weight classes. So it will be uh, cool to see how Inouye does against him. Um, I, I got one more question before we let you go. Um, you know, isn't a Zufa, you know, isn't that the thing that you use in a shower with soap uh, on your back? <laughs> I think that's a loofah. Oh, 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 okay, okay, a loofah. I see, I see. Because yeah, uh, Dax kept talking about Zufa, and I'm going, what's what's he talking about him taking a shower, himself a shower? Was, I, I, uh, there's some uh, little uh, spicy talk of uh, disgraced former Fox News analyst uh, Bill O'Reilly talking about loofahs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny stuff, funny stuff. But uh, anyway... Um, any thoughts real quick on the possibility of a Billy Joe Saunders, uh, Canelo or Jacobs or even Triple G fight? I mean, he won. He basically took the belt that they offered him for free. <laughs> uh, so he's got that now. So what do you think? Yeah, I think that uh, those fights would be interesting. But again, I think like we have in the heavyweight division, uh, the most intriguing fight for Canelo 
uh, is um, Golovkin, uh, the Golovkin rubber match. Let's get that out of the way. And then, sure, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I do think that um, – I, I don't know, Bill. I mean, I, I do think that when you have guys like uh, Canelo and, um, and Golovkin who are so good at the top of that division – and maybe this will see. I don't think it would happen in the heavyweight division because the unknown quantity is power. But um, with twelve round fights, Golovkin and Canelo could fight again in another close fight that doesn't really decide anything. No, I, I don't so think the first two did. As, as much as I want to see it, I realize that we could end up with um, with uh, you know going thirty six rounds and not knowing who dominated the most of them. Uh, with these two, so who knows? Well, the one thing I do know is um, when Canelo fought Daniel Jacobs in Vegas, and and we were there, uh, and Triple G walked into the house, everybody booed him because he's clearly regarded as Canelo's, you know, uh, villain. You know that they they are, you know, the 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 opposites. You know, you either like Triple G or Canelo. And that's worth something. And, yeah. you know, to tell you the truth, if they fought five more times and all the fights, five more controversies, there'd still be value there, you know, because of the nature of the fights. But I tell you, I wish that those two guys would fight each other with the same mindset. Deontay Wilder fights whoever they put in front of him. Seek and destroy and get it over with. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. and I, And I do think that, uh, I did just want to say one thing about um, his comments um, leading up to the fight. Uh, there were, you know, about wanting a body on his record. That was really unfortunate. Um, I, I don't think we need talk like that because, um, and if you follow out the sort of logic behind what he was saying, it doesn't seem like there is logic. Um He's because, a wacko. He's a whack job. Come on, his that that whole that whole interview, you know, prior even what he was saying with with the idiot Jim Gray prior to the fight was nonsense. He was rambling on. I'm saying to myself, the guy is making no sense. He's trying to make sense. He's trying to talk as eloquently as Dominic Brazil did, uh, but uh, but he just he 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 doesn't have it. He he's not he doesn't have the brains. I'm sorry, he doesn't have the brains. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he's no Mike Tyson when it comes to try to express himself. That was the thing about Mike Tyson is that, um, you know, the guy, the guy's bright. Um, and that, sure, he'll say uh, Bolivian instead of oblivion sometimes. But, um, you know, you always could follow Mike Tyson's logic. And he made sense. Um, and I think that that's the thing about Dominic, I mean, uh, Deontay Wilder is that a lot of times his message gets sort of incoherent in his desire to say something dramatic. And I think that's exactly what happened with this this week was that this was it was like all to sell tickets. And, you know, maybe it worked for them, but it was unfortunate. And hopefully uh, in the future, you know, we we don't get that. And, and it's not sort of this political correctness thing. It's just that it's it's ugly and that idea of saying I want to have a body on my record yeah there's no need for that Alex appreciate your uh, time and uh, we'll look forward to you next weekend my man Billy C take care alright brother that's uh, Alex Papali and uh, we're going to take a short break we're scheduled to have the return of Emily Harney don't go anyways <laughs> 
BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young. So you never know what may be by morning. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And speaking of being with us, joining us again. Seems like it's been forever is uh, boxing's best photographer, Emily Harney. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. It's great to be back on. You um, were at the fights last night, the Deontay Wilder. All right, so we got to uh, get it from you. How, how devastating, that from TV, that knockout looked devastating. What did it sound like uh, from the apron? Uh, well, I was above and I was able to get the shot. So, you know, it was a good shot when you're above and you're able to get it. Um, so those right hands were bombs. Uh, and I, I was wondering when Breezley was going to move out of his way because he just kept getting clocked with them. And that's all I have for photos is him getting hit with the right hand. And every time he would hurt him, it was the right hand. And it was, it was just like this one massive punch that would come and I don't know if he just didn't see it or what, but whoever he fights in the future, uh, Wilder that is, is going to have to watch out for that right hand because he used it very well last night. Um, now, I didn't think that fight was going to go many rounds anyways, but to end in two minutes and 17 seconds, I, uh, if you look at my photo that's posted online, if you look at the judge's expression in the background, she didn't expect it to go that short either. So it was uh, it was devastating. I, I, th- I kind of thought that the fight uh, may go uh, six rounds. Um, I, I thought that there would be a, a feeling out process to a degree. Um, I, I, I'd like, I, I'm not a huge fan of Wilder, but I love the way he comes out and his main I, you know, objective is to seek and destroy, and he displayed that last night. I'm sh- more shocked from Brazil not being ready for that. And, um, right. you know, it seemed to me the only chance that Brazil had would be to make it an inside dirty kind of a boring fight. And, you know, he, he, he didn't even try, you know, like he thought that it was going to be, okay, this is the customary feel out round. And Wilder was like, ah, you know, I got other things to do and, uh, and landed that shot. Uh, do you think if uh, Brazil would have, uh, tried to because to, that one time because Brazil did when he was hurt against the ropes he did you know fire a, a, a it was a desperation shot that rocked Wilder I mean mm-hmm. Wilder went stumbling yep. back um, but he seemed to recover quickly mm-hmm. no I agree um, yeah you know I, I from my own experience I know you don't go in there and feel out that first round if, if 
you don't have to. Um, so <laughs> uh, you just go in there and, and throw bombs if you can. But what we see that often, and so I think guys become custom to like okay this is what's going to happen and it's sometimes even like the touching gloves thing it's like no like you you got to go right for it and to not expect especially after all of the hype to not expect Deontay Wilder to go right after you <laughs> I mean I, he would have gone after anybody that was going to talk the way that they talked prior to that fight so I don't know why you wouldn't be prepared for that and regardless of the talk why would you be prepared for that just based on what the situation is what's at stake you know this isn't your your first time out in a big heavyweight fight this is like this means a lot and if you did something to Deontay and you were able to make some sort of statement you know more than being able to land that shot and back him up people would go okay well maybe we could put him in the mix over here but now it's like well what did you think you were going into you know so I mean he did rock him he was able to get off a, a nice shot there I, I I don't think he would have been able to continue after Deontay put him down like he said he was able to but um <laughs> no. you know, I thought we were I thought we were gonna get three rounds out of this um one other thing on this fight I wanted to ask you and and it's already got me aggravated everybody is talking about oh well you know uh, Deontay Wilde took care of Brazil in less than a round and it took uh, seven rounds for Anthony Joshua to me that doesn't mean anything no. uh, two different uh, style fighters etc um, but one thing I think that Deontay Wilder did gain last night was value. I, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that his bargaining power really rose because of the nature in which he knocked out uh, Brazil. What's your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. And I also think it's the way he carried himself afterwards, the way in which he spoke, as excited as he was, as thrilled as he was to be in the position that he is, he was still... He, he kept it in good character, and I got you. Got to respect him for that, especially again after everything leading up to the fight and what you sometimes see from him in, in the past. You know, you kind of carry some of that stuff into it, and you wonder how is a fighter going to react to this. And I, I give him a lot of credit for responding in the way in which he did. Um, but I don't think him and Joshua have the same fight. Yeah, him and you know, you can't compare Breezley and Joshua to what. Wilder and Breezley did. It's important for Joshua to watch out for that right, and I don't think that's something that he's skipping a beat on. But you have two very different styles of fights there and styles of fighters, and I think you get a much more tactical fight when you have Joshua and Wilder in the ring together, when we see that. Um, I want to ask you about one more fight on this card, and then I'm dying to ask you about uh, the Foxwood card. Um in the uh, the first fight that was on uh, TV, uh, Juan Geraldes fought uh, Arginus Mendez, and um, the way they scored it was uh, two judges saw it even at 95-95, uh, and uh, Julie Letterman had it 97-93 for Mendez, and ultimately the fight was, was a draw. I scored mm -hmm. that fight 96-94 in favor of Mendez. Mm -hmm. um, from my view, I thought that Mendez... Uh, was landing crisp shots, and uh, I'm not taking anything well from, away from Geraldes, but it seemed like a lot of his punches that the commentating were giving him credit for, Mendez was actually rolling or, or slightly deflecting, and, and I thought that he put on a, a, a much better defensive display. From your viewpoint, did you think that 
um, I have a point there, or were the scores right, or, or do you think uh, it should have went either way? What, what's your thoughts on that fight? I think you have a point there. Uh, I actually agreed with Julie, and from pictures, too, I thought that Menendez had won the fight. Um, and actually, everybody up where we were were like, well, wait a second, that was a draw? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know where those other punches landed you know, and scored points. Um, and that's the unfortunate thing. You know, you, you want to be in that other two positions of those judges to go, well, what did you actually see? You know, cause Julie saw what we saw and I'm up above, you know, I'm not sitting ringside. So for me to sometimes compare what I see to what a judge sees and I'm way up there, I know that I'm seeing something more accurate at least from that perspective. Now, we know that there's a variety of vantage points when you watch this sport or cover this sport, um, and we we get those differences of opinions all the time, but everybody from where I was was in agreement that he had gotten robbed. Well, from, uh, from my vantage point, which was uh, on the couch with a scotch watching on high definition, I thought, I thought for sure that, uh, that uh, Mendez won the fight. All right, uh, over at Foxwoods, uh, you and I talked uh, last week, uh, uh, and you said, you know, Marco Huck is on that card. And, uh, you know, sure enough, he was. And I, I was wondering what, what the deal was, and they're quietly trying to get him, and they matched him up uh, with Nick uh, Guvias, who's... Uh, uh, no uh, killer, but I saw the video of the fight, and I, 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 they're saying that they ended up making it a no contest because Huck hit him on a break. Now, I guess they're referring to the fact that the referee might have yelled break because he never tried to separate him, and once he did, the punch was already in motion. I disagree mm-hmm. with the call. How, how, what happened? Um, so, yeah, they hadn't, they hadn't, um, he hadn't interjected. He had just said it. And it's one of those things, and we see it all the time, where, you know, that punch is already intended to be thrown out of your hand. And to kind of, like, withdraw it is a really difficult thing to do sometimes. And, you know, I don't think it was an intentional thing. I think, if anything, it, it has it been called a no contest at this point? Yeah, yeah, they changed okay. it. Um, okay. They, they, um, uh, the commission changed it. It initially was... Uh, due to, it was adi- initially called a TKO victory TKO, for yeah. uh, for Huck um, because the doctor stopped the fight after an accidental foul, which obviously right. was hitting on the break. Uh, but then the commission changed it to a, a no contest. Yeah, I mean, I, first round, and it wasn't that far in. I can understand why it was the accidental um, foul and no contest. At first, they had given it the TKO, and I was a little... Um, I don't know. I haven't gone back and watched the video, so I wasn't sure if that was the accurate thing to call it or if you do call it a no contest because of the fact that it was accidental. He wasn't able to continue. You were so, you know, new into the fight. Um, you know, it's like, well, what do you do there? Do you call it a TKO? Someone go, well, yeah, it's a TKO because he never interjected. He just said the word and the, the punch clearly landed. And he was still on his feet when the punch landed. It wasn't like he was fully down. So, um, but like 10 seconds, those... ten, 10 seconds earlier or, or around that time, didn't Huck hurt him with a, with a punch before that? Could, could you say he that he was already hurt? I wouldn't say that he was already hurt because this really hurt him um, because he hit him once and then they broke or, you know, he had said to break and then 
that's when the second punch landed that really did some damage. And it was, I think, because the other guy heard break. He probably obviously wasn't expecting it either. He probably figured this guy's actually going to break. What's the rule? That. What's the rule? <laughs> Protect yourself at all times, right? Very true. Very so, true. Uh, huh. Interesting. Um, did you ever find out why he was there? <laughs> like, like, uh, how did he get there? Who's what? What fighter? What other uh, fighter on that card was with his promoter? Uh, so let's see. Who else was on that card? Um, oh man, there was somebody else out of his gym that was on that card. Okay. Other than that, I just know that he's trying to get back in the mix and. This was the right time to do it, I guess. Yeah, too bad. Wasn't the right fight to do it. It wasn't the right. <laughs> it certainly wasn't the right outcome. That's for sure. But absolutely uh, not. In any event, one last question for you: uh, What's your thoughts on uh, Billy Joe Saunders winning the WBO super middleweight belt? Does that open up uh, doors for him in the super middleweight division, or does it get him back in the mix with a high-profile fight potentially against uh, Canelo or Triple G or even uh, Daniel Jacobs? You know, I think he's just trying to get himself back in the mix after everything that happened last summer. Um, I, I think he has the ability to go in two different directions right now, and this was probably the best option for him. Um, well, where else was he going to go after everything that had happened last week? So now that he's got the win and he's got the belt, it, I think you know he's going to make the best decisions possible for himself. He's got to think about weight. If weight becomes an issue and he's having trouble making weight, then you know that decision is is kind of easy. But how do you feel? You know, he fares in that mix. Can he get a couple good paydays? Maybe. But, you know, he's 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 got a very short window now, I think, because of what went down last summer. You know, and maybe people aren't really sure they want to take the chance on him. But he proved himself last night. So you just hope that he can continue to be the best that he possibly can because he's got it. It's just a matter of taking advantage of it and not letting other things get in the way. You know, we, we, we mentioned the fact uh, earlier that he was on ESPN uh, Plus. And that all of a sudden seems to be an issue. You're either signed with the Zone, you're signed with mm -hmm. Top Rank, and that, or uh, you're you're with the PBC. So you know, hopefully that I, we know that that's uh, preventing the showdown between Anthony Joshua and Wilder. That they're you know with different uh, uh, groups, let's say, because it's not just promotional companies anymore. But do you think uh, the Billy Joe Saunders alliance with with Top Rank and ESPN Plus will come into play? Um, you know, at some point, these all, all these guys are going to have to come to the playground and play together and just deal with it because it's going to make money for everybody. It's in the best interest of your fighters to, at some point, everybody get along and, and make things work because why wouldn't you? You know, I mean, you see what happens to these other networks when they and promoters when they don't, you know, support each other. So I think there's, you know, only hope. Um, that they all can come together because at some point they're all going to be fighting in the old age home without them. Hey, so. hey, easy, easy about those <laughs> old age homes. But, uh, Emily, it's great to have you back, and uh, we look forward to you next week. Thanks. Great to be back. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. That's Emily Harney, boxing's uh, best photographer, and I kid you not, she is. You know, all you got to do is if you, go, if you go to all the major websites – uh, the, the shot that you see, uh, you'll see on the bottom, photographed by Emily Harney. Anyway, it's great to have her back, and uh, we look forward to her uh, thoughts. Uh, she was at the fights last night, and uh, as you can see, uh, was still uh, um, 
in uh, in her vehicle. So uh, we will uh, get that uh, back to uh, her regular place next week, hopefully. Or if she's working, we'll be uh, glad to know that she'll be uh, with us on Sundays. But uh, anyway, um, an email from my man Jonathan from the UK. says, hey, Billy C., I wrote to you last week questioning Deontay Wilder's power and the fight with Brazil would answer a lot of questions. Well, I have to give Deontay Wilder full credit for his performance and he has now proved his power to me. I know uh, just want to see him fight Josh. Now I just want to see him fight Joshua, and uh, I now give him a better chance. Um, listen, nobody is a bigger fan of Anthony Joshua than myself. Thanks for the email, John. Um, but Deontay Wilder has every bit of chance of beating Deont- uh, of uh, beating Anthony Joshua because he's got that punching power. I just don't think that a fighter with better defensive skill and better hand speed, better movement, better overall boxing skill um, uh, than Brazil would end up uh, in the same spot as Brazil did last night against Deontay Wilder. Anthony Joshua is a different animal. And if uh, Alex and and Dax are correct with uh, some of their uh, uh, findings with the talk out on the the word on the curb, if you will, uh, that... You know, they're trying to marinate and, and let this fight build up more and more and more. And I'm talking about the fight between um, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. Then that's terrible because uh, obviously they don't care about the sport. Um, one other thing I want to add um, is that remember last week we were talking about the Karabov fight uh, against uh, uh, Aleem. And it was uh, a fight that. Um, you know, Emmanuel Aleem, uh, in my opinion, lost. I thought Korobov won that fight easily, and it turned out to be a majority draw. It was initially announced as a uh, majority win uh, for Korobov, which I thought was even wrong in itself, uh, and then it was later changed. And they said, oh, sorry, we made a mistake. Uh, that one score that we thought... Uh, was in favor of Korobov was actually a draw like the other score so now we had a majority draw um well the team uh Korobov's uh full team is uh filing an official protest uh of the outcome and and I agree with them I I, I thought that Korobov won that fight and I thought that he won that fight um hands down to be honest with you um but very rarely do commissions overturn something? Um, and I'm not so sure that they would are even in a position to order a rematch. The rematch, ordering a rematch, is generally done by a sanctioning body. That's generally the driver of ordering a rematch. A commission can generally change the outcome of a fight um, in this case, calling it a a draw instead of a win, or uh, ordering the fight uh, to they can't order a rematch, but they could change the result, or they could make it a no contest if they find something was was done incorrectly, etc. But generally, the protest is just uh, to officially announce that you're disagreeing, because uh, very rarely do commissions step up and do the right thing. I think if I think that was a Virginia commission, I, th- I think if the Virginia commission wants to get some credibility, they would step up and do the right thing. Change it back or 
ruling a no contest and forced the powers that be to have a rematch. It was a good fight. It was an entertaining fight. I think uh, Emmanuel Alim, no disrespect, is a 100% overrated uh, fighter. He did not show me anything. Korobov is, is an aging fighter, contender, world title challenger. Uh, Should have gotten that fight. But uh, anyway, final thoughts for me on Deontay Wilder's win over Dominic Brazil. I mean, there's not much more you can talk about that fight. Uh, it ended, uh, and the official time was 2 minutes and 17 seconds of the first round. Um, it was a devastating right hand that uh, laid out Brazil. Um, you know, he was rocked earlier in the round. And uh, as desperation, just throwing punches to survive, he landed a shot that sent Wilder reeling backwards. Uh, it shows you that Deontay Wilder uh, is susceptible to being knocked out. Ortiz had him hurt, couldn't finish him off. Um, uh, you know, Tyson Fury hurt him a couple of times, even though Tyson Fury doesn't have much power, couldn't finish him off. Ultimately, Deontay Wilder has come back and win all those fights. Um, it, you know, it still remains to see how well uh, Dom, uh, a guy like Deontay Wilder could fare against a quality fighter in Anthony Joshua. I'm not suggesting that Brazil or Tyson Fury weren't quality fighters or Luis Ortiz wasn't a quality fighter. It's time for Deontay Wilder to fight Anthony Joshua. And to be honest with you, I know they're talking about a rematch with 76-year-old Luis Ortiz, but I really think Deontay Wilder should consider fighting Dillian White um, Dillian White is a better fight for Deontay Wilder, and it would be a better win on his resume than a rematch with Luis Ortiz. The other fight I would like to see is Joseph Parker against Deontay Wilder. Joseph Parker's got a chin. Joseph Parker can move. Joseph Parker can box, and he's got some hand speed. I would like to see Deontay Wilder fight either Dillian White or Joseph Parker. What intrigues me about the White fight is that Dillian White is a body work fighter. He works the body. This is something I've been saying all along about Deontay Wilder. In order to beat Deontay Wilder, you have to fight him inside, work his body, slow down his movement, make him throw his, his punches from even stupider angles and even wider, and then catch him with a counter punch or catch him before his punch hits you. Uh, Wilder is very beatable. It just didn't look it last night. Okay, boys and girls, we appreciate you joining us today. All I can say is this. Make sure you tune in next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. <laughs>